It's the Lowdown with Low Tide on Sports 1440. That lyric is always amazes me. It's like come on Eileen. You're you're just you just become intoxicated by the song. Uh, or what's that one about the oh Danny boy, I get knocked down, that one too. You're you're like you're singing stuff and you're like, what the hell am I singing? <laughs> Tub thumping by Chumbawamba. Yeah. Yeah. Classic. I mean You take a whiskey drink, you take a vodka drink. You take a lager drink, you take a cider drink. Yeah. You sing the songs that remind you of the better times. <laughs> I won't go into the whole song, but uh, and I, love I the, could do it. the female vocalist who's singing Oh Danny oh, Boy. That's, Danny that's a great song. It was a huge hit, too. But really, like, I always wonder how artists, that is such an unusual song. It's like Bohemian Rhapsody, unusual. You know, did they start out from a framework that was normal or did they just say to hell with everything? We're going to get rid of structure. And I think you have to go for the un- the uniqueness right off the bat and just hope it hits. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Maybe that's, that's it. what I would do. I don't, I don't know. I've never written a song, but I'm sure it's a lot of fun. By the way, uh, to put you in a good mood, just ahead of uh, bag milk, who will no doubt ruin it for you. Uh, Tom Gazzola was asked, what about Ekholm Tom? And he said he had another good day today, according to Woodcroft, when he was asked about it. Of course, that's what my kids say about me when I had a bad night. So he had another good day today. We don't know if that's any closer or not. Bag Milk joins us now. How's Frank doing? Does Frank get upset about these losses? You know what? Going into season six of Frank's picks, I think he's a seasoned veteran at this point. He can kind of shake off a loss. It was a tough start to the season for everyone involved around this team. Uh, but you got to shake it off and move on. You know what? Going 81-1 and one ain't so bad. So I think that it's uh, definitely a game to forget for not just the Oilers, but for Frank as well. But, um, yeah, he's going to shake it off, and he'll rebound on Saturday. One thing I will say, I think that fans will remember opening night 2023, and should they win the Stanley Cup, should they win the Stanley Cup in 2024, what a hell of a bookend game it'll be. Well, you'd think that based on some of the overreaction last night that they were already eliminated from the playoffs after night one, but... T, you're 100% right. As far as opening opening games go, that one is as ugly as I can remember. Really, really bad. And I was listening to you on my drive into the office, and I completely agree that it wasn't necessarily about the effort, but the execution was shockingly poor for a team that's, that's just much better than what we saw from them last night. Right. And with that, it dovetails to my next question, and I want you to solve this for me because I don't have an answer. So this is your chance to, to give me an answer that I'll steal and use when I write. Woodcroft cannot reward poor play. He needs to check down some of these players. The problem is, especially with Ekholm out, I don't know if he has that option because the the roster is not full. Yeah, I mean, there was, uh, you know, I know plus minus isn't a a stat that we generally use all that much anymore, but if you're looking, there's a lot of dashes throughout the lineup, and there's a lot of key players that they're sitting beside with those negative two, negative three. Um, It's tough, and I think that, yeah, I would like to see a little bit more of the accountability from Woodcroft. You know, I think that if you can sit a younger player for a mistake, then there's no reason why a veteran can't skip a shift. I think that last night was probably one of the better nights to do it. Um, if you look at Woody's quotes from today, they had a you know they had a meeting and no one's satisfied, nor should they be after a performance like that. But I also I also think that you know one game in it's 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 a little early to get too too much into the weeds on who did what or who didn't do what. It was just a bad night, and there's going to be more of them coming. But for this team, they're still very very good, and I think there's going to be a lot more good video, uh, great nights than they are bad nights, especially ones like last night. I just see that as such like an outlier game for the Oilers team that 
I, I, it's just one of those ones where you flush it and you move on. Mag Melkar, guest from Water Station. I grew up listening and watching Stampede Wrestling like very closely, and I, I what I loved was you'd watch Stampede Wrestling, and it would set up the following week. There'd be some somebody got hit with a chair, Torquemada brought out some foreign object, and there was a big kerfuffle, and so you you were hooked for next week because something would occur. Saturday night is going to be absolute wild time in Edmonton because Vancouver's coming back and if Connor McDavid is upset after a game, you know there's going to be just gigantic impact in the next game that that they play against that team. Yeah, I mean, you never want to bet against angry Connor and just the look on all their faces last night, they almost seemed shell-shocked by what happened on the ice and I don't blame them. I mean, everybody had high hopes going into the first night of the season and it didn't go their way. But the good news is they get to rebound and they get a rematch against the Canucks on Saturday night at home. And I'm expecting a much, much better, first of all, a much better result. And two, just a much better level of execution from the Oilers. Woody nailed it when he said that was a preseason effort and a preseason level of execution. So the Oilers are going to be better. I love that they get the Canucks again on Saturday. I think it's the perfect matchup for them for game two. Really looking forward to seeing how they, re- how they rebound because... They have to. I mean, they have to. That was a tough one, and there's nowhere to go but up. I'm about to ruin your mentions online by asking you who should start in goal on Saturday night. Well, that's the that's the million dollar question, isn't it? When you have dueling seven fifty save percentages last night, it makes it an interesting choice. I think ultimately they stick to the plan, though. If the plan was to start Jack Campbell in Game One and maybe Stuart Skinner at home in Game Two, I think you just keep going back to that. I, I don't think either goaltender would. I mean, both of them would say they weren't happy about how things went, but I think that there's twenty players in the lineup that would also say the same thing. So I think that they just stick to the plan. Again, I don't want to overreact to one loss, albeit an ugly one. But everybody needs to level up. And I don't think Jack Campbell was the problem, uh, the sole problem last night. I don't think Stu was the sole problem last night. You win as a team and you lose as a team. And last night was one of the best examples of losing as a team that you could possibly watch. Do you think Adam Ernie is going to be the eventual 21st man on this team? It kind of sounds like it, doesn't it? Yeah. I mean, he's still around. He hasn't been released from his PTO. Um, so he's, I know they've got a little bit of time with him, but it certainly sounds like it. And it's going to be interesting to see where he fits because he's another lefty and, you know, essentially the left him in terms of the winger. So if he was a right-handed shot, I feel like it would be a much more of a lock and it much more makes sense to me. But I'm very curious to see how they use him once he gets signed. It seems like that is the way it's going to go. Otherwise, he would have been released from his PTO already. So it definitely seems like that. Well, I guess we've got to wait and see what's going on with Marcus Seamalainen when he gets healthy enough to be waived to go down to Bakersfield so they can free up that spot, uh, that uh, that little bit of cap space that they do have. But um, it certainly seems like it's going to be Ernie signing up. Jay Woodcroft had his meeting today with the players. Do you hold meetings with staff? Are you that guy who holds meetings and they, people are just, they pass out and they're drooling, sleeping and it's just bad? Or do you, do you just email people? I hate meetings. I really, really do. But unfortunately, at the size that the nation is kind of growing to these days, we have to have them. So I've got a lot of meetings on the schedule every week. We try to make them as efficient as possible. We don't want to waste anybody's time. Um, but I, I'm a completely anti-meeting person. They're snooze fests. But ultimately, I have to hold them. And ultimately, we need to make sure that we're communicating with each other. And I'd rather not. But it's a necessary evil, I think. Gregor always extends them with stuff that he wants to talk about. Do you bring him into your meetings or do you just cut him out? 
Listen, we can't have Gregor in our meetings because if you get a call from Jason, you know this. If he says, I need two minutes of your time, that two minutes can quickly turn into three hours very quickly. You've got a lot to say, a lot of information, whether or not you want to hear it. Love Gregor, but we can't have him in the meetings. We've got to keep a tight schedule here. And having Gregor in these meetings is not conducive to that. Exactly right. You know, nobody has the heart to tell him, but his two to six show is supposed to be two hours. Well, that's just it. I thought he, I thought he was only doing an hour long podcast, and all of a sudden it's back to a four hour radio show. It's just because he keeps going and going and going. Even in the, and what people don't know, but if they walk by your guys' studios at West Edmonton Mall, he's still talking through the entire ad break. <laughs> he, he doesn't even know that the mics are off. You know, that's funny and true. That's how that is. So uh, what have you got coming up uh, as far as uh, content and uh, anything around the games here from the nation? Well, I launched my new feature that I'm going to be doing the day after all the games called Three Key Things. So I'll just kind of dive into a little bit more in-depth into some of the stories from the game before. So last night we were talking about the penalty kill. I mean, the Oilers took too many penalties in the first place, but a 50% kill rate is a no bueno, and we're going to need to level that one up. I talked about the goaltending situation, and I just talked about uh, the general lack of execution. So three key things is going to be the new postgame uh, day after kind of analysis. We've got the wrap-ups going up immediately after the game's done. We've got everybody chiming in. Basically, we've got content coming out of OilersNation.com from the time you wake up in the morning to when you go to bed. That's ultimately the goal. We've got podcasts, we've got articles, we've got analysis from all, all your favorites. And I'm just happy the season's going again. It felt good to be mad about hockey again, Al. Damn straight it does. In the community, brought to you by United Sport & Cycle, where you can save up to 35%. United Sport & Cycle, your home of hockey for over 95 years. For you, bagged milk, and you can talk about Frank if you like, but what what was your earliest memory and experience with hockey that, that really kind of brought you in and made you a fan of the game? I've told this story a few different times, but I think it's it's back in the day at Northland Coliseum, uh, you used to be able to walk downstairs and stand outside the Oilers dressing room. Mm-hmm. And they had the gate there, and sometimes the players would come over and sign autographs for you. So my dad had actually won some tickets from a raffle with the city of Edmonton, and we got to go down to a game and we got to watch, which was very exciting for me because I loved the Oilers. But as you know, not... Not every game was televised back then. A lot of it was listening to Rod Phillips on the radio, yep. and that's kind of how I got into it. But this moment specifically, I went and stood outside the dressing room. Bill Ranford came over, and he signed my little program. I got one of those game day books that they uh, that they always have out, and I he signed my game day program, and he chatted with me, I'm going to say, if I say 30 seconds, that's probably longer than it was. But for me at the time, I felt... I felt like that was all the time in the world and that he was focused specifically on me. And that moment locked me in as an Oilers fan for the rest of my life. Bill Ranford giving me 10, 15, 20, 30 seconds of his time signing, signing an autograph for me and just asking what I thought about the game. It was, it was one of those moments that's locked into my brain and one that ultimately turned me into an Oilers fan for life. I love that because it's, you know, a lot of, a, a, they're busy guys and they have their lives and they're doing their thing and they're, they're on their way somewhere. But the time that they take, and not much, as it turns out in your case, uh, can make all the difference in the world to a young person. It really does. And, you know, they were, they were my heroes then. They're my heroes now. And just having a couple seconds of his time, uh, that was really, really, uh, you know, a monumental moment for me as a youngster and ultimately sealed my fandom. It, you know, knowing that, I, 
I'm surprised you're so hard on the goalies and your analysis and your your articles. It just doesn't seem like you. But well, I, you know what? I always want. Maybe it's because I always wanted to be a goalie growing up. But my dad says, you know, those dang pads are just so expensive. <laughs> yeah. You got to go play forward. But maybe that's what it is. Yeah, You're good stuff. Thanks for this, Bagnell. Appreciate it. Thank you. All right, Bagnell from Oilers Nation. Great guy. Great follow. Great guy to read and uh, check out all of the online content. I have a, um, a, a not related to goaltending, but related to to catcher. Um, Ken Singleton used to do the Expos games with Dave Van Horn, and then later with Jim Houston. Ken was the color guy, and he talked about when he was a kid playing little league baseball, and the the manager of his team said, "Hey, Ken, how about you? Uh, how about you? You catch." We're going to give you the mask. We're going to give you the pads and everything, and you can catch. See if you can do that because he was Ken Singleton was a very talented athlete, switch hitter, hundred walks a year. He was a fine, I think, borderline Hall of Fame player. And so he's catching one day, and his dad drops by the diamond while he's playing, and he races over. He goes, "What are you doing? Stand up, throw that stuff off, and tell the manager or coach, I guess, that you are not catching." And that was the end of that. I think I think dads impact that for two reasons. Number one, because if you're a catcher when you're in little league, chances are your knees are going to be so bad by the time you're 20 that you're not a major league player. And then the second thing is with the goal pads, that's a that's a big investment. I think that's why Declan's family had him swim. Swimming was expensive, man. It's tough to rent pool time. We just become a member somewhere. <laughs> I don't yeah. know if it's quite like me, like Trout. Listen. It's not as expensive as a sport, but their fees are going to be, you know. Well, I know it's I had like put two kids through all the, the the whatever the tiers are. They could they could, you know, they could probably be lifeguards if they you know had any interest at all in helping humanity. <laughs> it's a great skill to have. Yeah. Well, if I swall if I if I accidentally fall into one of the pools that are here, are you going to jump in and save me? It'll be a game time decision because <laughs> it's, on, a, it's you know, a career listen, limiting move to save me. That's exactly what I was thinking. On one hand, you know, I get to do the noble thing and save a dear friend, but on the other hand, to hell with me. You know, my paycheck goes up a, a couple tax brackets if I'm hosting this show all of a sudden. So you know, we'll see if it ever happens. It'll, it'll like I said, it'll be game time. Got a pad? I can strip the team down to the studs. Okay. I wonder how many times what happened last night will be asked in West Edmonton Mall today. Halo Tide, first off, you're my hero. See, these get red. I'm not going to jump. Secondly, and most important, is that I don't think the Otis can play much worse. It's game one game. Worst season opener, I remember, but I believe an early wake-up call is a positive. Signed, Mo Zed, or Mo Z, I guess. Like, it's a Mo Z down the road. Um, Ekholm, the best D-man, yeah. Low Tide, you said they need 20 games, but it's largely the same group from last year, a group that has been practicing longer than other teams. Fact is, the defense is nowhere near good enough to compete for a cup. Full stop. A major move needs to be made with or without Ekholm. I think I, I, I wrote about it today in The Athletic, and I do agree with you. I think that they are going to make a move. I just don't know. They have so many possibilities. It could be a goaltender. could be a top-pairing defenseman. It could be if Bouchard can work with, with uh, Nurse. Maybe it's a second-pair guy, and maybe that guy's Broberg. There are internal questions that need to be answered, and that's where we are right now, and I suspect will be until the deadline. How can you say Nurse is the best defenseman and the Otis can win a cup with him? If he's not able to do things, he's not a good NHL defenseman. You tell us where he comes up short and how with those shortcomings he's the best defenseman the Oilers can win a cup with. Eden, father of Arias. 
well, there's a lot in there, and it's kind of accusatory, but I think if you look at his numbers, his on-ice goal share at 5-on-5, you will find that Darnell Nurse, through his career, has been very productive. And he's also been doing it against elite competition, which is why you get mad at him, because when he doesn't make a mistake, it often ends up in the back of the net. He's not perfect. There's no doubt about that. And he is overpaid for the first time in his career. Darnell Nurse is, with that calm out, he's the best defenseman on the team. I'll defend that all day, every day. Now, I have to switch sports, but we'll be right back to hockey, I promise. On the way, we're going to talk about the Thursday Nighter with Sean Keeler from the Denver Post. This is the Lowdown with Low Tide on Sports 1440. It's the Lowdown on Sports 1440. Still a great song. You know, it's not the kind of song you say, I love that song, because who knows what other people think. But if it ever came on the radio or it happened in one of your KTL Greatest Hits records, you're all over that. I think so. Joined now by Sean Keeler from the Denver Post. Thanks for joining us. Last time Denver beat KC, I think it was 2015. I think I read that. My hair didn't look like steel wool. This feels like it's going to be even tougher than the last decade or so. Is there is there any chance that the Broncos can get close to the Chiefs? I mean, close as in to touch them? <laughs> I meant win. So, like grab the flag, maybe? You know, possibly. Yes, absolutely. Can I can I make a Chubba joke? Sure. You're, you're coming off your music there. When the Broncos get knocked down, they get up again, but not until after the whistle. <laughs> <laughs> well, well done. Well done. So bad here. <laughs> how how bad are they? Because against the rush, the numbers look terrible. <laughs> well, you you just said it. I mean, football is football. You know, would would you go CFL, NFL, whatever? The universal is true, as you know. If you can run the ball, boy, it, and you can't stop the run, it makes opponents' lives much easier, much simpler. And it's like, we don't need to draw this up. We're going to go student body left, student body right, and stop us, and then we'll have to do some work. The Broncos don't make anybody work. They just start with the first page. And, and I mean, the Dolphins, I mean, they still have scars from that Dolphins game. Man. I mean, I'm old. You talk about your hair. Mine's gone. I, <laughs> I've seen a lot of bad football. I used to, I used to cover the Bengals in the 2000s, man. Pre Marvin Lewis, woof! Like I've seen some bad. I've never seen a team give up ten touchdowns in a game, and and try and in and, and a game they were allegedly going into and caring about. That that's just such a it's a tattoo in my soul um, that I just can't get rid of, and I cannot take this team. Seriously, since I, I mean, I don't take the Bears seriously. How the Bears would blow that game to these guys, I I don't know. But I, I think that that's the bottom line of this. And, and once you get past that, it's sort of hard to be like, okay, but how can they? But how can they? No, they they can't. I mean, you're going to beat somebody someday because this is the NFL, and it's really hard to go zero in seventeen or even one in sixteen. But your odds are not good when you're getting a defending Super Bowl champ like this. No. Russell Wilson throws for 500 yards, no interceptions, and they could still lose. Is that what you're telling me? Yeah, well, if Patrick Mahomes gets the ball last, yeah. I mean, you could get a wild game where if if that scenario would happen. And that's not inconceivable because, look, lost in all this is Russ has been okay. 
Like, it actually pretty good. Yeah. Was he 11 and 2 ratio? I mean, he might end up having a 30 touchdown season on a 4 and 13 team, and everyone <laughs> will be like, oh, they fixed Russ. Uh, wait, what? Like, oh, but how'd they go 4 and 13? Well, they were giving up 30 points a game. And oh, oh, well, Vance Joseph. Yeah, I. You could see that. I mean, that sounds like these the Colorado Buffalo games here. I know you've you've seen the Dion style. Like their games are like that, where Shadir gets the ball last. He thinks he can, you know, do a baby LA and take care of things. Uh, yeah, but that's the only or the or the the Chiefs would have to turn it over five times and just not care or suit up Taylor Swift and say, let's just put her at quarterback and see what happens. <laughs> let's just do it. We're, we're getting there anyway. She's going to be on the field at some point. Let's just do this now. It's the Broncos. Did you see the Miami game? What, yeah. If we're going to suit her up, this is the game. Let's try this. <laughs> like, I know going in that the most interesting thing about the game will be Taylor Swift and, and what they talk about yeah. and what happens. And that's, like, it, it borders on force because this is actually an NFL football game, and they're very important in North American uh, fan psyche. They are, and yet, no, you're not wrong. Like every, we're going to be watching Taylor Swift cutaways. Like this shouldn't be a competitive game. I mean, might it be? Yeah. I mean, is there some pride and a lot of wounded feces in that Denver locker room right now? Yeah. But about five of them also think they're not going to be here in two weeks. So that's never good, as you can imagine. That I think there's just. Too many people with heads on a swivel. Never mind that Frank Clark and, and DJ Jones aren't going to play for the Broncos. You just can't go into any NFL stadium like that. And you sure as heck can't go into Kansas City with your head on a swivel because you're going to get it knocked off. I mean, yeah, I'll take your rough scenario that if he has the game of the century uh, or the previous one, the game of two centuries, <laughs> that, yeah, they might make this a possession game and, and have a chance to make it interesting. But that's about the only scenario. John Keeler, our guest from Denver Post. The Broncos, they're, Frank Clark's gone. Do they trade him or do they release him? Can they get anything? I think they try to get some. They're trying to get something for anybody they can. <laughs> I think this is also part of this great Sean Pate makeover. He's looking in there and going, let's see, I have an eight-year contract. You don't. Uh, this is not working. I'm going to spend a month figuring out what I have. Okay, I have nothing. Uh, or I have a little bit of this, but uh, yeah, we're going to move this along. Um, and if it comes to that, then they'll start whacking guys. But I don't think they, they're not going to do any of that this early. I think literally it's about kind of treading water and maybe besides winning games, you hope, knock wood, um, you're trying to showcase guys. Jerry Judy, the wide receiver, has done everything in public short of saying, get me out of here, please help me. Like, he's following all of the Panthers on Instagram. He's fighting with former, I don't know if you've seen this, but Google it, it's great. He's fighting with the former Bronco wide receivers, both of whom, one of whom's been to a Pro Bowl, I'm sorry, a wide receiver and a running back, one of whom just became a talk radio host here in town. Both of them made Pro Bowls. Jerry Judy has not. Um, and he's lost a lot of games. So people are like, what is going on? I mean, it is so, again, veteran of the late 90s, early aughts Bengals. I get so many just acid flashbacks to that with this team. <laughs> where when you've got that cut, you know what bad looks like. 
<laughs> it's just bad, and it's distracted and bad, and it's stupid and bad. And now with that Miami game, it's like historic and bad. Like there is no way out of this other than to like get to January and just flush it all. Uh, that's it. So is that why Mims isn't playing? They're showcasing? Like, he doesn't play much. He doesn't. And I think some of that is is rookie patience with Sean Payton, although he's had some really good rookies in New Orleans who played a lot. Uh, Brandon Cooks played played a lot for him. We forget way back in the day. Sean uh, Sean Payton is Denver Broncos coach, to be honest, is making me forget a lot of the good things he did as Sean Payton Saints coach because this thing is not good and it's painful to watch and it's – Again, kind of hysterically, darkly funny. It's like it's like the Broncos games are like a Curb Your Enthusiasm episode where I think after every I don't know if you know show they should just play the the clown theme like after after every series where it's just bum 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 and like just have like Larry David's face on the scoreboard like oh there we go again there we are okay it's it's kind of like that with with Sean Payton too I don't know that. That Sean Payton has ever seen Curb Your Enthusiasm, but that's kind of what it's like. So, no, he doesn't. Mims, you think, would play more. He doesn't. I'll tell you what, Julian McLaughlin, an undrafted rookie, was is probably one of the finds of the year on maybe any team that's an undrafted guy. Super wheels, plays fast, like legitimately changes direction at that kind of pace, like a video game all the time, doesn't play. I, we're we're as befuddled by this as anything, which is why I go back to the Larry David comparisons. Because if you have, if you can't cry, you might as well laugh. Over under three deals at the deadline. Um, under just because if the contracts are bad, hmm. Sutton's contract is bad. Jerry Judy's contract is not bad. I think that's a good bet, and he wants out. Um, Frank Clark. Yeah, maybe if someone wants that, but he's older. Uh, Sutton, you'd think, would also be on the way out, but he makes a lot of money, and that was a bad move by the uh, GM's part, acting GM, uh, George Payton, as I call him, because Sean Payton's really running anything, running everything anyway. So under, but I think three's a good – if he said 3.5, I still might say under. If he said 2.5, I might go over. I don't know. Sean Keeler, you are informative and wildly entertaining. Thank you. Thank you, sir. Take care up there. All right. Sean Keeler from the Denver Post. I don't know why I've been waiting all my life to talk to that guy, because he's brilliant and funny. He was great, wasn't he? Oh, my God. I loved him. I'm so happy we talked to him. I, I'm just embarrassed for for the world that I didn't didn't talk to him. That's my fault. I should have known this guy. We write him down in pen on our list, you know, of potential people who could come on again. He could be a weekly co-host. I noticed Gregor does that. Is that his way of like just leaving the studio when he feels like it? No, I don't think so. Carius does it as well. So they have a nice little mix. So I'm enough. the only one who doesn't have a weekly co-host. Well, me. But I'm daily. And I'm not really a co-host. But yes, I guess to answer your question, you, you would be the, uh, the when, odd one out When here. did this innovation come out and why did nobody tell me that I could work half days when I only work two hours it is, is, as it is? Well, I'm not sure it's working half days. I think you would still have to carry quite a uh, quite a workload. I don't, I don't think I do. Mm. I think you do okay. Listen, I think once you do something this long that, that you, you know, unless, you know, there have been times when my internet went out at home, and that is scary, doing the prep at home. 
but I do my prep at home. I know that you noticed that I come in here like four minutes before the show, so I assume you know that. You know, I, I did. I had a, I had a little uh, inkling that that was the case, but I was always so shocked that you would just roll up in here make fun of me for about 10 minutes and then get on the air and sound as professional as you do it, it took me back for weeks and i really mean that i was like my goodness this guy's a pro i would just sit here and think that really yes well, you're lying. i mean i knew you were doing the prep like obviously i knew you didn't well, come in the reason I, I i did this to your m chuck and it threw him off and i know it did because i think he thought i was going to be this really nice follow and but i i think you need to have an edge and we can't just be kumbaya hug people yes there's got to be a little bit of an edge going in so i come in and i destroy you verbally although I'm not very good at it, just so that we can have a little bit of tension. Yeah, it really was. The last 15 minutes before we get in here, I'm getting made fun of, and then the mics come on, and all of a sudden, it's like the best radio I've ever heard. It's pretty incredible. <laughs> but I'm sure as the season goes on, we'll find more things to argue about, more points of contention. I we'll believe that that's radio. important for us to do. Yes. Uh, Woody asked the team to do it for Declan's parents next game. Mm. Big dur. See, they, that, that's going to live on. You, you made a huge mistake. What's her name? Mrs. Andrews? Mrs. Andrews. That That is the, and I know there's a, at least one person out there who is really sick of it. But I'm not, and that means it will continue. Um, I think it's hilarious that everyone is already jumping off the bandwagon after one horrible, terrible, hideous, disgusting loss. They'll be fine. They still have the uh, the best top six in the NHL, a top ten defense with Echo in it, goaltending. Who knows? They're still cup contenders, everyone. Relax. P.S. Calling yourself handsome immediately makes you less handsome from Eric. Who called himself handsome? I did. I did, did you really? Oh, yeah. And I said, well, we were, we were talking about people looking in through the glass, and I said, well, I am handsome. Oh, I, yeah, I mean, you were just joking. No, I stand by that yeah. 100%. I was dead serious. Okay. <laughs> now send me my Fife and Deckel t shirt. I love Fife and Deckel. Have you been? Yes, been a couple times. Yeah. Great sandwiches. But do, do you have the dessert? Uh, I've only had the pie once. I think it was the coconut cream. Mm. Very good. Strawberry rhubarb is the one I would go with, but I'll, I'll tell you the other thing that people don't know. And I don't even know, like, I, I, I haven't ordered it in a while. I may be saying things out of school. But they used to have these macadamia nut cookies. and Ooh, White chocolate chip. Oh, my the best. God. The best. Oh, my God. I, I would rush through my sandwich, which I love, just to get to the macadamia nut. You got to buy two. Why wouldn't you start with the macadamia nut cookie and then enjoy the sandwich afterwards? I could do that, but that would be so weird. It would be a little weird, but I mean, to rush through the sandwich seems like a disservice to the... What kind of sandwich sandwiches. is your favorite sandwich at Fife? <sighs> Turkey Club. Turkey Club is very good. Yep. I like the Audubon, but my choice Audubon's is... Too. It's brown bread, butter, mayo. Very mm-hmm. important. It's mayo, not, ketchup, or not uh, uh, mustard. <laughs> uh, then it's roast beef, cheddar cheese... Tomatoes, cucumbers, pickles underneath. No sprouts. No sprouts. Mm. So good. It sounds good. The one and then thing. the one thing you have to add at the end is pepper. Ooh. Lots of pepper. Okay, I like Not that. Not peppers. Pepper. pepper. The one thing I would say is I wish they toasted their bread. But small complaint to have. Did, did they not do that? Is that not an option? I don't. The only times I've ever been there, it's been un, it's been just bread. Not One toast. thing I know is that they're very well trained to train you how to do it properly. Yes, they bring out the bread. They go, okay, go. They care there. Well, they do, and they're, mm-hmm. but they're also you, you. You better be ready at the plate there. You know, don't come in there all wishy washy and slam down and start popping around and doing your Jimmy legs like you mm-hmm. do. Get going. No ants in the pants. No, yeah. none of that. All right. Okay, so, Hal, would you put DeHarnay with Nurse, big rangy stay-at-home uh, guy, give it a try? Well, 
uh, the only thing I'll say about DeHarnay is I would like him to be more experienced if he were going to try that. And I think that, that that would be why you'd keep Broberg away from that as well. And, and really even Bouchard. They need another right defenseman. Cody Cece's not getting it done. I like Cody Cece. I know that Ken Holland likes Cody Cece. But on the third pair, he'd be fine. But you can't afford to have Kulak Cece as your third pair because that's like seven mil for the third pair. It's not going to cut it. Good afternoon, gentlemen. Thank you, Low Tide, for finally ignoring negative nurse Natter. As you probably know, I've been waiting for this a long time, Gord Oil. Well, I just, I've just had it. I just have. I'm just tired of it. Because if you, if you, if you don't give in, you can be critical. I'm critical of the two times he turned the wrong way and let the guy out of the corner in the playoffs. But that's not, you're not, you're not haranguing the guy day and night online about how awful he is and release him and he's worthless. Well, none of that's true. And when you say that, you lose credibility. You know? Let's be real. How's that? It's not just that Nurse isn't equipped to do the job. It's that he's never given a defensive partner that compliments him. Thank you. And can make his life easier rather than the other way around. Bouchard had a much worse game than Nurse last night, and yet it's Nurse being dumped on. Again, I agree. Evan Bouchard was, and I like Evan Bouchard. He was not good. And it had nothing to do with his facial expression, but he wasn't good yesterday. I, I think it's too much. I think with Ekholm on the other pair, Ekholm does a lot of things that, that help Bouchard. And, and also Nurse and Bouchard need to play together more if they're going to be a pairing. We should take a break and let's do that now. I want to let you know that the Lowdown with Low Tide is brought to you by Wolf GMC Buick. New name, same great team. Find them on the corner of 184th Street and Stony Plain Road, WolfGMCBuick.com. This is Sports 1440. It's the Lowdown on Sports 1440. Good job on the music today, Declan. Thank you. Oh, did well. Not a lot of my music, but I like the, you know, you young kids today and your, your new fancy drums and singing. Uh, right. All that, all that groundbreaking stuff. No, it was pretty good. I'm glad you liked it. There you go. Totally disagree with you, Low Tide. That's another way to get your stuff read. (laughs) When the team and fan base still has that awful taste in their mouths from the Vegas series, you can't come out and lay an egg like they did last night. Shows a lot of the character and lack of chemistry this team has. I'm an Otis fan, but boy, if they come out Saturday with this same lackluster performance in front of their fans, we're in trouble. Cheers, boys. That's from Spruce Grove, Steve. Well, first of all, I think that the Vegas series was a loss, but the Edmonton Oilers played well in that series. They lost the series in six. It was really two periods, the second period of game five, second period of game six, and there was some luck involved. And let's review, the Stanley Cup champions were Vegas Golden Knights. So I, I, don't, I think I'm going to disagree with you respectfully about the awful taste in their mouths from the Vegas series. They lost to the Stanley Cup champions. I don't think there's any sin in that. Or shame. Maybe shame is the right word. Just my opinion. JMO, as the kids say. Enjoying your segment, Low Tide. First time listening in. Great takes on last night's game. From Felicia. Felicia's a nice name. I like that name. Also Declan. Very good name. Would you trade Barkley to acquire Moss? Probably not. I think that might have been for the previous show, maybe. I have a feeling it might have been, but always good to always good to hear another opinion. 
I was wondering when we were going to get after Dustin Schwartz, and it's coming in now hot and heavy. Low Tide, love your show. If you just start to send that, you can say anything you want, you know. Uh, do you think the disaster last night has anything to do with the new way of defending that is being implemented this year? Tone cold. It might, but I, here's what I think. I, these are professional athletes. You know, Darnell Nurse has gone back to school. Darnell Nurse is a f- smart guy. If you can't accept that, then I can't talk to you about this. That said, they should be able to play man to man or zone, but everybody has to check down and mistakes are made. That's why we watch the game because it's being played by humans, not robots. And, when mistakes are made, sometimes it ends up in the back of your net. So I don't necessarily think it might be the fact that the, the deployment is new. I don't think it is. I think they just it was a failure to execute. The execution was poor and just not one player, all of them. Maybe they flew out wrong. Maybe they should have gone the day before. I don't know. I don't have those answers. People who trash nurse are not real Oiler fans. Well, I think you can be critical. I just don't understand the 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 daily just absolute hammering. Of one guy, you know. I mean, that was a that was a team loss last night. Guys, you guys must be getting swamped by those who think the season is over already. Thank you for what you do on the front lines. They certainly looked bad, but every bounce went the Canucks' way, and four of those bounces went right in the net. If and when Yakom is ready, do you think he should be on the top D line uh, to take some pressure off Nurse? I like Nurse, but because a lot of the things out of his control, he's been taking a knife to a gunfight for a few years now. Ravencrest Dave. Ravencrest Dave, that is the most beautiful, articulate text I've read since we got to this radio station. It's true. Darnell Nurse is playing too high on the depth chart. He's really playing one and two defense. If you look at Puck IQ, the amount that he's playing against elites is over the moon. And that's why when Ekholm arrived last year, the team went on a winning streak. They need Ekholm. Ekholm is the number one defenseman. And when he's playing with Bouchard, he's the number one defenseman playing with a guy who doesn't have a lot of experience in that area. And then Nurse can check down and play tough minutes still, but not all the time. And it makes it more effective. If they could find an upgrade on CC, I think that top four would, would rattle and hum. I believe that. And I do think that will happen eventually. I also believe the Oilers would like to f- see Philip Broberg in that role. That's my opinion. But Ravencrest Dave, thank you for being such a good individual and writing such a scholarly text to the show. Wasn't the Hartford game due to do some hangovers? Yes. That was not the case last night. They were ready. I was a terrible drummer when I was a teenager. Not sure why my parents let me live with them. My my son tells a, a story. He he took the trumpet when he was in school, and um, he was in his room one time, and he was playing the trumpet very badly. <laughs> I knocked on his door and I said, "Okay, buddy, that's enough." <laughs> you're, so, you're supposed to encourage your children, but I had just had enough of the bad trumpet. It should hurt me when he tells me that story, but I just giggle. Jay, not good enough to a man, Woodcroft. He didn't have a lot of, I think, Jay Woodcroft, if he can't sort this out, this might be his last year as coach of the orders. That was, you've got to find a way. Now, they were undermanned and they didn't have Ekholm last night, but they, their structure has to be better. That's the coach's job. And they have to be playing better. And it doesn't matter what, what deployment you use. You have to have... You can't keep sending guys out to make mistakes. 
There's got to be a penalty to pay. You know, Evan Bouchard didn't look good. Maybe he plays the second pairing next next game, and maybe CC moves up. Tide, how did you parallel park a dinosaur? <laughs> well, it was it was in the wrist action, is what it was. You guys and your smart aleck comments about old people. If the Oilers did win 8-1, somebody would definitely blame the one goal on Nurse. It sometimes feels that way. The Jets aren't going to be sellers anymore. Well, that's possible. I just I picked that name because I think uh, Dylan DeMello would be a good ad for the Oilers. That doesn't mean it's going to happen. Brad says, the my favorite days for sports radio in Edmonton is when the Oilers soil the sheets. It's so true. It, I don't have to do prep, and I do prep because, you know, I'm I'm that way. I want to be prepared just in case Declan has a bad day. But I didn't really need to do any prep today. I haven't used, you know, most of the stuff I wrote down. Should the Oilers pull a trade for a right defenseman sooner rather than later? I don't think they should wait until the deadline. Uh, the reason I wouldn't is because you want to find out about Philip Broberg. And you also might need a goalie instead. So there's that. I went to see Paul Rogers play at Cowboys 20 years ago. They played 30 minutes and then said goodbye. Very disappointing from Tipsy McStagger. Which is a great nick, by the way. Paul Rogers is a great artist. We we just got one more break left, right? No more breaks. No more breaks in about seven minutes, six, seven minutes, five minutes maybe. We got to get out of here. That'll be the break. Yes. Yeah. But uh, we won't be back on the other side. No, I know. Yes. But I, yes. I, I consider the breaks to be 15 after, 35, yes. and then 55. Correct. All right. Confusing me, Declan. Sorry, not my intention. I just wanted, to, I wanted like everything a, to be clear in the last five I'm minutes. like here. an old person trying to find the right aisle to buy my <laughs> cabbage, and you're just sending me everywhere. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm telling you. Hey, guys, if we're going 81 and 1, we might as well make that one loss memorable, right, from Eric? Yeah, the the somebody's sending in a nurse's numbers in terms of even strength, goal, defenseman rank, goals, assist, third, 11th, ninth, and rating, plus 65. He's he's a good defenseman. He is. But he's a, he's a target because he plays so much against the other's elites, and that makes it a difficult. It's a very difficult job he's playing. Um, it's a difficult role because he plays against so many really good hockey players. It's game one, people. Hopefully this will be an eye-opener for the team. Oh, I guarantee you'll see their best on Saturday night. They will, they'll, it'll be a, I'm gonna, I don't use this word often. I don't even know whether it counts as a profanity, but it's gonna be a slobber knocker. Have you ever heard that before, Declan? Oh, yeah, of course. Okay. What does it mean to you? Like if two people are getting in a slobber knocker, it's a real, it's a fight of all fights. Right. That's what I think of right. when I hear slobber knocker. Because yeah. you know, with fighting, you'll say, "Oh, that was a real slobber knocker." Yeah. And it was just a bloody war. Yeah. You know. Yeah, yeah, I think that's about right. I thought you were a baseball fan, low tide. I turned off the autos game and watched the Diamondbacks sweep the Dodgers. That was way more fun. I, you know, and I don't know why, but I can't. I'll get into it now a little bit, but I couldn't wrap my head around anything interesting. These are the teams that I like. I like uh, watch the Nationals because of the Expos. Uh, I hate watch the Mets. Um, I'll watch the Jays because I like Guerrero and friends of mine are, are, are Jays fans. Um, I will watch the St. Louis Cardinals. Did I mention them? Um, I'll watch 
The Twins I like okay, although that's not a popular opinion right now. Um, I, I, I watched the Dodgers, but they were out of it early, or it seemed like they were never really in that series. But I'm not excited about Arizona. Arizona reminds me that Kurt Schilling exists, and I don't like that. Are you a big Schilling fan? You probably are. Not really. Okay. Not really. Sorry to disappoint. No, no, that's okay. Wanted to be honest. I don't know. Once in a while, it's a good idea. I got the autos going 14 W's and 6 L's in the first 20 games, 112 points overall, so fans need to sit back and enjoy the ride. Thanks, Steve. I have them going 6-2 and two in October. That may not happen. Good afternoon, Low Tide. Kevin in the morning show had a guest from Dallas this morning. He said Pavelski is the best at tipping shots all time. I'd love to hear your thoughts on him, uh, Pavelski, Smitty, Holmstrom. Well, they were all very good. Um, Pavelski's had a longer career. I think that might be something that you could say. Stenographers are sensitive people. There we go. See, it never goes away. Mrs. Andrews will live in infa- infancy. Sound it out. <laughs> You'll get that. I sounded like a drunk man there. Oh, my God. Thorsby, I took my driver's test there. Took my son, too. Easiest license to get in, pass in town. My my sister-in-law, Beth, told me that. That's why I went there. I still failed, but then I passed later. Is being out of uh, out of it by Canadian Thanksgiving a thing, or perhaps Canadian Thanksgiving because of the Canadian Thanksgiving? No, I don't think so. I don't think that's it. What if women send lasagna to the studio to soothe Declan's hurt feelings? That can't be bad. Also, if the orders had Ekholm plus Larson on defense, I would feel very comfortable about this defense. It's true. I, I think they do miss that player, for sure. We got a lot of texts today, didn't we? We did. Listen, that's what happens when the Oilers, uh, Oilers start off their season, and especially what happens when they start off the season in the fashion they did. It was bound to happen. I think we covered it well, but I don't know. It's a, it's, it's a nice, uh, it's a nice add to the show, I'll say. Plenty for you to talk about, and I yeah. uh, appreciate that. Yeah. I agree with that. LT, I feel Broberg will become a great defensive defenseman. Maybe he should be paired with Nurse later in the season and drop them down to second pairing to play less minutes from Cheb. I think that's a great idea, and it may well happen. Title, uh, Tide, check out the song list selection under the title, Bad Flute. Make sure you're not drive, driving at the time. I will. He was the best net front presence of all time, but I don't know about tips. I remember one time I was at the game, and I was down low around in the corner, and Ryan Smith was, was he was a single like he was two sedines in one and he would move the puck down and then he'd fight with the defenseman. Then he'd move it up and he'd fight with the forward and he's doing this over and over again. He's trying to get out and the referee keeps getting in the way. And I've never seen it before or since Ryan Smith is doing this. The puck is there. And and once again, the referee's in the way and he stops what he's doing and he goes, get out of the way to the the referee. I cracked up. I just cracked up. Can you imagine having the presence of mind? You're working like a dog. You're digging a ditch 12 hours a day, and this damn guy keeps getting in the way. So you have the presence of mind to just stop everything and say, get out of the way. I, I cracked up. Very funny stuff. Listen, I really enjoy coming on the radio every day and talking. Today was very enjoyable, and you made it so. On the way, Jason Greger. Time now for a sports update.